Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. Happy Martin Luther King Day to everyone out there. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm super excited because it's going to be a special show today. Usually, I'm your host and I, you know, question all of the authors, but Today, I have a new release out, and I had my friend Sean. she has a release out this week too, and she also has an author um, IGTV-like podcast on Instagram, and so anyway, and she's been on Book Lights before too, but I asked her if she would come back on and we could like interview each other about our new books so that you guys can find out what there is to read for this new year, and she said yes. So I'm very excited that Ray is here. If you haven't read her books yet, you're in for a treat. I'll read her bio here so you can get to know her. Rayshawn began writing to see more characters like her doing the hard jobs that typically were seen by male characters. She is from California and tends to write romance, suspense, or mystery that occur in her home state. In her free time, she likes to binge watch reruns of Supernatural, read books of all genres, or watch anime. I did put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can click that and sign up for her newsletter so you don't miss a new release. And my bio is also on there, too, because I have a book out, and um, I'm not going to read it to you, but I'll just point out that I write paranormal romances, and they typically, hopefully, are page turners that will keep you up late with super high stakes. They have won some awards, and if you want to learn more, I put a link to my website on there, too, so you can find out more and Go grab the new book. So my new book this week is Pirate's Paradox. It's part of the Sentinels of Savannah. And Ray, what is your book that's coming out this week? (laughs) My book is Uncovering Her Cravings, and it is the first book in um, the Big City Small World series that I'm relaunching. Yay! And everyone, you need to go and look at this cover. Her cover is so gorgeous for uncovering her cravings. It will make you press pre-order on that book. It'll be out on Friday, but you will pre-order when you see that cover. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so, Ray, can you tell everybody about the book? Why Why should they read it besides the cover? Oh, okay, first, uh, Teresa Sine. I'm sorry, Torrance and I look, look at me mixing her names up. Um, she did an amazing job with that cover. Like, I was like, yeah, here's my beautiful. vision, and she made it come to life. But the story itself, um, I think a lot of people can identify with because it follows, like, that shy person who is kind of like, I'm going to stay in my little bubble. I don't want anybody to bother me. Let me feel my feelings the way I feel them, and, you know, I'll cheer everybody else on. And then she realizes that there's that one little thing she's missing, and it happens to be with someone that she does not expect. So she's, like, teetering through her entire existence for six months trying to decide whether or not it's worth it to actually pursue. Ah, Is it, like, friends to lovers, or does she know this person? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it's, (laughs) it's her best friend, one of her best friends, little brother. So she's known oh. for a really long time, and it feels <laughs> awkward almost because she's like, I saw this dude when he was a kid. What am I thinking? But, <laughs> like, beyond the fact that he, you know, like that pester some little person that's always around you, 
he grew up to be like this smart, successful business person. And she saw this, but still was like, no, he's still my friend's little brother. No, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. How could I even think that? How very dare me? But the more she spends (laughs) time with him, she's like, okay, he is a fully functioning grown man. He's not a child. And while he got on my nerves, it's more me than him. So let me stop treating him bad. And he's just like, I have been in love with this woman forever, and she won't acknowledge me. (laughs) How do I get her to acknowledge me? (laughs) It's really cute. They're adorable. There's shenanigans. There's food. There's wedding planning. It's really cute because his sister is getting married, and she unintentionally, on purpose, accidentally might have done it with all of her (laughs) lovingness, stuck them together to wedding plan for her. Aw, it sounds so cute. And so it sounds like there's a lot of pining in this book. Pining amongst other things, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) Well, I hope that everyone goes and hits the pre-order button because it will be adorable, I have no doubt. It will be, but enough about mine. You have a whole book out today. I'm so excited. I do, and you helped me. (laughs) And you helped me on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I was happy to. Yes. So this one about like how that came together, though. Okay, yeah. This one is Pirate's Paradox, and it's book six of the Sentinels of Savannah series of Immortal Pirates in Savannah. But I write them all to stand alone, so you can jump in at book six. You won't be lost. I'll fill you in along the way. But, um, but of course, I secretly hope you'll go back and read them all. But <laughs> Pirate's Paradox was extra fun because it is my first heroine who is an African-American heroine. She's black, and and she is a force of nature. I just love her. It was a very opposites attract because he's all science and she's all metaphysical universe. And so they really butt heads in the beginning, but they ended up being just like, oh, it was such a perfect pair. I just love them. And he's very quirky and strange. And she is very um hip and with the times and they just it was a really unique pairing but because I am not a black woman I had to call on all my black woman friends to help me with things like her braids and her hair and and Ray was one of we affectionately called them team braid because they were really helping me get everything right because I wanted Diana to be a great representation so that you know everyone can see themselves in the series and I was really proud of how it all turned out but it could not have happened without Ray's input along the way (laughs) it was really fun it was it was fun to write and they go um, each book of the Sentinels of Savannah they are hunting after a different mythological item Um, my agent had pitched the series as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. meets Pirates of the Caribbean Um, (laughs) because the Mm. stories happened today they've been alive for 250 years now but now they steal for the federal government and paranormal artifacts that could hurt americans and this book they're after the key to atlantis and uh ray will tell you how 
much I lamented over, I have to take them down to Atlantis and I don't know what's down there. But I figured it out. You will get to see Atlantis. So I hope you read the book. <laughs> yes, you do get to see Atlantis. And I'm excited <laughs> for everyone to laugh and giggle at the things that probably seem trivial <laughs> when it comes to her hair. Her hair. It was a thing. <laughs> it was a thing for days. Oh, my goodness. It was yes. Cool. And no, like, Lisa, yes. you did amazing with it. You were like, okay, so is this, a, is this, does this, is this how it works? Can I, can, but, um, <laughs> Right, right. And then when we went through edits, there were edits about the braids. And so then I had to go back to Team Braid, and we were like, no, this is what we mean. This is how it will work. And so anyway, it was it was a thing. The funniest part of this was using my mom as an example. Yes, yes. Well, Ray actually put, put her mom's hair in a ponytail. <laughs> It was a team oh, effort. It was a team <laughs> effort. It was a lot of, no, this is how it works in America. <laughs> right? What we learned from this experiment is that black women from all over the world do their hair different. And my my editor on the book was also a black woman, but she lives in Europe. And so their braids were different than our braids. And so anyway, it was, it was I learned so much. <laughs> Me too. Me too, honestly. I'm like, okay, I know that our hair is different, but also, like, I now know that our hair is different. (laughs) Right, right, for sure. It's a whole thing. (laughs) It's been, been, though, like, it was a very fun experience. Yes, it was. It it felt like it was a group project. It was very fun. (laughs) (laughs) A group project that has now come to fruition. Yes, it's out in the world now. I can't wait for everyone to read it. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite will, part about writing this, though, beyond, like, the, the jokey giggles of the hair? Um, well, let's see. I think my favorite part of the book was that um, there were things – I I'm a pantser, so I don't plot things out, but – for me, the best part of writing a book is the big surprises where your jaw drops and you're like, oh, my gosh, because you were planning that, but it's, but it's you know, perfect. And, and um, in this particular book, he was the navigator. And so for 200 years, you know, he was, well, 200 years ago, he was guiding the ship by the stars and all this kind of thing. So the stars played a lot in it. And things like I had named her Diana because I figured out her age and what her mom's age would be. And I wanted her mom to have named her after a you know, musician that she loved, which was Diana Ross. And so she named her Diana. And then as I was writing the book, I need romantic-y things, and he's a navigator, so it's the stars and all the stuff. And, and I just I had no idea that things like Orion's belt were connected to Diana. And so there, <laughs> there were all these little connections that I never knew were a thing until – you know, it happened, and those kind of things are always fun for me because people will go, wow, how did you, you know, 
plan that out. And I think I, I didn't, <laughs> but I feel like I'm very woo-woo anyway. And I feel like when you write into this, you know, super conscious of a story. And so it's really cool when the story shows you what it was doing. <laughs> You're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so for me, that was, that was my most favorite part. Um, if I had to pick a favorite scene, um, it would probably be when she first meets, uh, Kay- well, she, when she first meets Caleb, they kind of get in an argument, but she goes to his house and when she first goes inside and sees all of the strange things that he has bought from QVC, that was, that was another <laughs> part of the group project. Cause I was asking everybody, what are, tell me some things that you can only buy on TV. <laughs> so, so you will see those showcased in the book, but, but that was so fun to me because I like playing these immortal guys who have been alive forever. They all have their own little hangups with, you know, stuff today, but not Caleb because he was my sciencey nerdy guy and he was into it every gadget. So anyway, it was very fun and it was so fun to see Diana's reaction to all of, all of these weird things he has in his house. <laughs> like what is going on here? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was it was very fun. And there were times where I was like, oh, I wish I was Diana. because It was, it was just so it was very fun. <laughs> but what about you? What was your favorite part of uncovering her cravings? Oh, my goodness. Um, so it had originally come out um, last year, I want to say. Um, yeah, I haven't been writing that long. <laughs> last year, I had put it out. And it was going to be like a standalone at first. And then I realized, like, oh, there's so many people in this book that need their own story. So, like, I started writing other books. But as I was writing them, they they couldn't connect properly. And it was like, okay, no, let me stop this, pull it, (laughs) properly connect them together. And I realized that, like, Leilani is my, she's this really shy, quiet book nerdy person she works um, as a social media manager for a publishing company and she did that because she loves books and she's like well if I get to always be around books I have to do all these different things and like I can always find a reason to read a book and be by myself because I have to work quote unquote so like just seeing her kind of her journey from like my friends are cool I love them but and I can kind of be myself with them to like I can totally be myself with everyone was something that that I didn't discover the first time I wrote it. But as I went back and, and added in things and adjusted the story, like I really got to see her grow as a person. That sounds weird since she's a character. But like <laughs> I really got to see her grow and like really develop and become like, yes, she's still shy to an extent, but she's more comfortable in herself. She's more comfortable with other people and like, I didn't get that since the first time I wrote the book and like that was really fun to do and like I kind of self-identify with her a little bit because I'm very quiet to myself as well but I also am much more comfortable like I'm I'm, I'm a different person but like I just kind of saw a little bit of me in her as she was growing um mm-hmm. and that was really fun and I realized that like she's gonna be in the background of everyone's story as the series goes as the series go on as the series goes on. <laughs> and you kinda of get to see her continuously growing. 
throughout and that'll be something fun that kind of came to me as I was writing her story I'm like oh we're gonna be the cheerleader kind of for everybody like yeah you got this let's go while she's also growing oh, I love that. So, like but um my favorite scene that I wrote was probably like right after they got the news that they were gonna be working together um and so like they're they have to, um a small neighborhood in San Francisco that's why it's like Big city, but small world because they literally focus on their little neighborhood um, in San Francisco and, and they do other stuff outside of the neighborhood sometimes, but like it's literally like this little small town in this big city. And um, the wedding is taking place in Oceanside, which is in Southern California. Um, so they have to like travel up and down the coast to get things ready because you know, her sister, his sister's wedding planner had to back out for a reason. And so, like, she got them to do it. So they're, like, this first time they actually have to go do something, they're going to view the venue. And he's, like, okay, how do I start out getting her to, like, see me as not this annoying kid? What do I do? So instead of them flying, he's, like, we're going to drive. We're going to drive from... <laughs> The drive from that is a drive. That is a drive. Exactly. It's like seven, <laughs> eight, nine hours, depending on, you know, stops and all this. At least. Stuff. At least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is far. <laughs> so she's frustrated because she's like, I don't want to be stuck in a car with this man. <laughs> and he's like, what do I do to get her to talk to me? This is going to be really awkward if we just sit here and don't stop for <laughs> All this time. <laughs> For 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so they get a couple out, like, he, like, they get a couple hours into the drive, and she's, like, her stomach is growling. She's hungry because she was so frustrated she didn't eat breakfast. And so she, like, pulls her headphones out because she was trying to ignore him. And she's, like, I'm hungry. And he's, like, your stomach has been telling me that for a while. And so she's frustrated because she's like, I'm meant to eat, and now he's teasing me, whatever. So, like, they stop, and they go to, like, this little restaurant, and he doesn't realize, like, how well-traveled she is because, you know, she's always been to herself. So she has been up and down the coast because she works for a publishing company. She's done different things in different areas. And he takes her to this little restaurant that he had been to in the past because he liked it, and he's like, oh, crap, she's been here, too. And so... They have this little moment of, like, it's Valentine's Day weekend, and neither of them realize that. <laughs> and they're sitting there, and they're eating their breakfast, and he's like, oh, my God, she is really this dynamic, beautiful woman. What have I gotten myself into? And she's like, oh, my God, he's not that bad. He's this not that little brother anymore. Really, yeah, she's <laughs> like, this might be really bad if I have to keep spending time with him. And they have this little meal, and it's really cute, and their interaction, you can kind of see both of them already growing, maturing. Maturity is, like, leveling up because he's not super, you know, annoying and like he normally had been, and she's not, you know, calling him out on everything that always frustrates him. They kind of have this cute little interaction, and they have drinks, and they go and get, um, you know, they have nice breakfast, and they go and get snacks, and it's just really cute, and they have this little trip down the coast, and, like, he constantly remembers that as the book progresses, and she thinks back to that, like, shoot, 
<laughs> this is what started it all. And it's, it's just really adorable. And I loved writing it because I got to see this immediate maturity in both of them, even if they didn't realize it until like months later. <laughs> oh, it sounds sweet. And so the series is going to follow the group of friends then? Yes. So um, Leilani um, has two friends. But it does not follow either of her friends because they're already in relationships when the book starts. <laughs> but oh, okay. um, Alexander has two friends, and all three of them are single. And so there's like his friends group, which are you know seven years younger than her friends group, and you get to see like their siblings and their friends, and it kind of grows from this tiny little small tight knit group to like oh crap I actually have because her thing is like I don't like making friends I don't like building relationships because things will happen and people will leave and I don't want to deal with that so if I keep my friend circle small then I don't have to worry about people leaving me and then she realizes oh snap I have like all these people around me and I care about them and I want to see them happy and so like her circle kind of slowly grows and it's their family and their friends and people that are important to them um and people move into the to the neighborhood and that are friends with other people and folks that were kind of they seem like really distant side characters are actually really important people and they get so it's just really cute to kind of see like how tight knit they are. Um, there is there's a street in San Francisco that has like all these shops and all this different stuff on it, um, like restaurants and boutique stores and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of base. Um, a good chunk of the story on what that street is supposed to signify. And so it's on okay. the block, which sounds really whatever, but it's like, oh, I'm going to the block. Like, <laughs> um, so there's, there's a bakery, there's a, a nightclub, there's um, the publishing company is on that street. There's a rehab facility further up for like athletes and stuff like that. There's um, boutique stores and other restaurants and there's, like all this stuff. The only thing that's not on that particular block is um, the the sports facilities, obviously. So like, there's a couple of characters that work with sports teams and stuff. So they're the only ones who don't work on the block. But like everybody else has a shop or goes to the block for some reason. So um, oh, it's nice. really cute. You kind of get introduced to a good chunk of the characters in the first book, even if just a little bit, um, so that you can kind of see that there's these people that she doesn't realize she's super cool with <laughs> right? until later. But, like, you kind of get a little bit of, like, Alexander owns the nightclub, and she works at the publishing company. And um, so you kind of get a little bit of both of those, but then it branches out, and you have the bakery, and you kind of hear a little bit about the boutique and, like, all the different stuff. And it's kind of fun because you get to, like, experience this, this neighborhood that's so um, – caring for another but also like totally get that small town vibe where everybody and everybody does this <laughs> right right even though it's in the middle of a big city <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it was really fun to write because I am from Los Angeles which is a big city but Very like big growing city. up right like 10 million people way too many um but like growing up <laughs> in the neighborhood that I grew up in, something was wrong, you know, you 
go to a neighbor and be like, hey, I'm dealing with this, can, you know, can you help me out kind of situation. And I wanted to put that vibe in because most people think of cities and just think of lots of people and no super tight-knit community. And it totally has, every big city has its pockets of small community right, tight-knit right. love kind of stuff. And I wanted to highlight that. I love that. How many books are going to be in the series? Currently, there are six planned, but there are a couple side characters that I was looking at and thinking that they might get spinoffs later after the six planned. So there might be another series of who knows how many, but currently. (laughs) (laughs) Currently six. (laughs) And then there's the cousins and... Man, I was just like, oh, that person deserves a story. Oh, that one too. Oh, dar- oh, dang. I'm like at least three or four other people from the books that I've already written that aren't out yet have. I was just like, oh, no, that's four more stories. <laughs> but it's so fun. That's, it's it's going to be so that's fun. That's the curse of writer brain is we have so many ideas and only so little time. Why does writing the books take so long? <laughs> anyway. Right? <laughs> What about you, though? You have two more in, in the Sentinels of Savannah, right? Right. There's two more to go, and one is already written. So that one, um, Pirate's Protector, will be out in June. And then uh, when I finish this werewolf book I'm writing now, then I start on the final book of the Pirates, The Captain's Curse, which is the one, really, that everyone's waiting for because we yeah. all hate Captain Flynn, but we're going to find out <laughs> <laughs> what's really going on. So, so oh, I'm, I'm super so excited, excited to write that one. It'll be fun. It sounds fun. Like, I'm just, you. it's always nice to be able to redeem the person that seems like just a terrible being. Yes. <laughs> You're like, oh, they're not that bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he usually has, every book he ha- he is mostly a jerk, but he always has this one moment in most of the books where you go, huh, because he does something, you know, to help someone in the crew or something. So you know he's not all bad, but anyway, he's he's it'll be it'll be very fun and there will be lots of Captain Flynn groveling which everyone should love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it'll be great. Everyone will be very I can already excited. feel him cringing in my head. Groveling? Yes, groveling. <laughs> groveling how very dare you lisa (laughs) right right he's already displeased (laughs) he can't help it nope no but that's how these pirates are right right Uh, so for the readers who are listening they love hearing how you know writers got published what their writing journey was like and you my friend have an interesting story because you're actually a journalist in your other life and (laughs) and you're doing big journalist things right now while you write these books you want to tell everybody how you came to be writing contemporary romance oh my goodness um yeah (laughs) so I was I was working in a small town Oh, that's funny. I actually did live in a small town. Um, I was working in a small town in Northern California that wasn't near San Francisco, but I had been working up there and then life kind of took a turn um, with some things going on and I had to move to Nevada and I was there helping out um, my mom with some stuff 
And then um, getting into getting back into journalism during that time was really difficult. It was 2019, which we all know how the climate was <laughs> during right. that time. Um, so I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go back to school, get a, a higher degree, you know, try my hand at um, some different types of journalism stuff and see what happens. And um, then I injured my leg and I was dealing with uh, knee issues and, and um, nerve issues for, for almost two years. So um, that first few months, I'm like, what do I do with my life? I can't work because I can't go into an office. Remote work is really difficult right now, right before everything with COVID started. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. I need something to do. I need to preoccupy my mind and my time. And I just wrote a 75,000 word book in three weeks. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't like, it's probably not the best book and I definitely need to go back and make it, you know, a lot better, but really sparked my love for writing that I had already had, but I had put aside for 10 years because I'm like, eh, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to do it. No one's going to want to read it. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. So I put the book out and then I started, that was romantic suspense. And then I was like, I don't want to always talk about hard, heavy stuff. Like, I want more romance. So then I leaned into the contemporary, which is how Uncovering Her Cravings came about. And I also leaned into sports romance because I love American football, as wild as that whole sport is. And I kind of just started <laughs> working these different <laughs> things into the stories. And there's this love, and you get to see these characters doing things that they love. And I'm like, I can't do any of these things, but I can put a little bit of my experiences and things that I've noticed into these characters and into these books and see what outcomes I would have liked to have seen and see the stories that I would have liked to have read growing up because that's not always out there. So, like, that's how Uncovering Her Cravings came about um, along with these series of, of stories that comes behind it. That's how um, The Chronicles of Cain came about, which is my first romantic suspense series that's how the reaction chronicles came about which was my second romantic <laughs> suspense series that's how the endless night series came about which is my um sports romance series which follows six adopted siblings who are just adorable and i cannot wait to write that second book <laughs> and you know life kind of took me in this turn and now i'm here and i'm like well i'm back in journalism now i gotta balance the two <laughs> Yes, now you have two worlds to balance. You're very busy. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> it will be. Well, we're running out of time, but I want everybody to be sure that you go hit that pre-order button on Uncovering Her Cravings by Ray Sean, and definitely run over and grab Pirate's Paradox. Um, yeah. by Lisa Kessler, that's me, and um, go on an adventure, and then at the end of the week, go find your, your small world in a big town, big city. There yeah. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being on with me today, Ray. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.